So open up your Bible to uh, Colossians, uh, first chapter, looking at verse 15 to 23. As in just celebrating Easter Sunday and just celebrating how Jesus Christ rose again from the grave and remembering that great victory. What does that all mean? Does that inspire you in any way? Does it motivate you in any way to live a life worthy of the life that died for you? To have an inspiration, to have motivation to do the right thing. To treat people the way they ought to be treated. That when you look yourself in the mirror, you're happy with what you see. That when somebody asks you, how are you doing? You don't feel guilty when you say, I'm doing all right. What is your motivation? And in this text, we want to look how Jesus should be our motivation. How Jesus should be our inspiration. Because when we get through the text, you're going to find out that Jesus is supreme. Uh, the verse 15 beginning says, the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard uh, and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Praise God for his word. We want to deal with the theme and the motivation to push. In here, we have the motivation to push because it talks about how once you were alienated from God. You once were alienated from God because you were enemies in your mind. To be an enemy of God is basically that we are living trying to please ourselves and not trying to please God. If you need a list, you can look in Galatians in 5th chapter 19 that tells about how the wages of evil is made known, is manifest. It talks about idolatry and witchcraft, sexual 
immorality, anger and malice and, and hate, all these things that are not of God. And we, can, we live in a world where it is commonplace for you to let somebody know how upset they made you. And for you to not forgive them, but to treat them the way they, quote, unquote, deserve. You deserve to be treated that way because of what you said or how you did me wrong. You know you were wrong. I'm going to prove to you are wrong and remind you every time I see you, you're wrong. If God treated us that way, where would we be? If every day he reminded us how wrong we were, how wrong we were in our minds, how evil we are, and how much of an enemy we are against him. But yet we find here that God has found reconciliation with us through Jesus. Who is Jesus? Well, it says that he is. The image of the invisible God. That's something to be excited about. He is the image of the invisible God. What is that saying here? That's saying that God made himself known to us. The Bible says how we should not make images of God. To, to limit God, to create what we think God looks like. So God let us know I'm going to come. In flesh or form in Jesus, which would be the right exact representation of me. See the text there says the Son is the image of the invisible God. In in Hebrews, you say how he is the exact representation of his glory, how he is the radiance and the brilliance of God. Jesus loved us so much. That he came here and made himself nothing of, 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 of any reputation, but made himself a servant of all. And we see here that in his physical body, he went through suffering. We as Christians, talking to the saints here, we as Christians, we should be willing to go into suffering for Christ. We should be willing to suffer and feed the spirit, not the flesh. It seems like suffering when we don't have what we want. When we don't have the car that we want or the big house that we want or that big screen TV because we don't have the income. So it feels like we're suffering. So we'd rather give money over here instead of giving to God. We, we'd rather spend time with friends outside of the will of God than going out into the community and serving somebody. I'd rather go to my job and work overtime and, and do overtime, but I won't give God a piece of my time. We were at enemies. We, we were doing the things that were not called of God. And said, so Jesus came to set us straight, to reconcile us. Basically, it means this, that Jesus took us from a place and put us in another place. That's what reconciliation is, to take you out of one state to put you into another state. So what state were we in? We were one time in the state of darkness. Jesus brought us into light. You were once in a state that you did not know your, from wrong from right. Jesus showed us what was right. We, you were condemned to death. Jesus gives us life. Through God, we have been reconciled through Jesus. And, and so in, that, in our lives, that's a remind us that when the people are not treating us the way we, we think, I said we think, we deserve to be treated, we should treat them as Jesus calls us. To treat them. Jesus says, do unto others, you have them. Do unto you. 
Jesus tells us to love our enemies. Jesus tells us to bless and curse not. Jesus tells us to love one another. So in that, that, that should remind me that as I'm living in this world and I have enemies against me, people are coming against me. My spouse may not treat me the way I want to. My children may not listen to me as they ought to, but I'm going to trust Jesus. I'm going to do what he's caused me to do. He tells me to pray. He tells me to seek him first and all this in his kingdom and all these other things will be added on to me. We see here that Jesus has set the standard. And so we see here that he, Jesus, is not only the exact image of God, but he's also the creator. In him, all things were created. In him, all things are held together. So we've seen here that not only was Jesus just a man, but yet he is the son of God. And also Jesus is God. And also Jesus created all things for his glory. So my motivation should be also that since Jesus created me for his glory, I should be motivated to give him glory. I should be motivated to give him glory. That I got to keep on pushing in my life. That as, as trials and tribulations come my way, I should be thinking in the back of my mind, how can I still give the Father glory? How can I still be encouraged and keep on pressing on, knowing that with God for me, who can be against me? Knowing that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Knowing these things are true, I realize that I was made for his glory. The creator made creation for a purpose. And we do not live out that purpose if we do not do what he's called us to do. Same situation when you buy your appliances and they don't work. What do you want to do with that appliance? You want to take it back. Because you bought, you bought it in order for it to do a job. And if it's not doing its job, it has no worth. And since it has no worth, it's taking up space in your house where something else could be that can get some service done. The same situation we also, you may be in your life as I may be, that I am sitting somewhere and not doing what I ought to do. I am not meeting my purpose. But when I trust in Jesus and realize I have been made for a purpose, I no longer live for me, but I live for him. And I'm doing that because why? I want to give him glory. Because in him all things come together. And it, and it talked about how invisible and visible. So it's talking about things in heaven, things in earth. See, see Jesus is in control of everything. There's a song that we used to sing that I, 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 I'm expecting a miracle. You know, I, 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 I believe in, in the intangibles. You know, I, I, say, I feel the intangible. I see the invisible. You know, so basically what it's saying that I trust God that the things that I do not see, I know he can control. Why? Because he created. To bring it down to another level. The, ex, the oxygen you breathe, the air that you breathe, you don't see it. But he created it. So you can use it. You don't see your heart pumping, but it's pumping. You don't, you don't really understand how your brain works, but it makes your hand raise when you think about it. See, it's amazing how the things we don't see. God is fully in control. 
And then the things that you do see, he's in control. For the Bible tells you this, that he knows the many hairs in your head. And he has to keep cooking out with me because I keep on losing hair. You see, he knows everything. He's up to date on every statistic in your life. He knows what is going on. And so if, that, if God knows what is going on, I should be motivated to trust him, knowing that he sees the things that are coming in my direction before I even see them. And I know that he will see me through. And in and, and this, that Jesus was pleasing to God. And since Jesus was pleasing to God, I too should be pleasing to God. Since Jesus pleased God, how? By his life and his sacrifice. Jesus sacrificed himself to reconcile us, to redeem us. We talked about reconciliation, was to take us from one state to another state. So we went from evil in God's eyes, through the blood of Jesus, we transferred to be holy in his eyes. And in redemption means that a price has to be paid in order to be redeemed. You know how you have your coat check. You want to redeem your ticket. You want to get back what you gave. God redeemed us. He wanted to gain us back. He wanted to gain us back. For we are lost in sin. And so, therefore, he sent Jesus to redeem us and bring us back which is reconciliation. It took us from one state to another state. And so in all of this, where are you in your life? Are you walking in your redemption? Are you walking in your reconciliation? We go around and we need to see this, that in my life that I have been called, just as God has redeemed me, just as Jesus has reconciled me unto God. And 1 Corinthians 15 chapter tells us that we have been called to be ambassadors of reconciliation. That we should promote this awesome gospel. Paul said, this gospel, this gospel that I preach, this gospel that I'm a prisoner in chains, this gospel that has set you free, this gospel you should be showing in your life. See, the problem is here that we get away in our community that if we confess Christ verbally, we don't have to prove it in our actions. People say, I know Christ, and they leave you alone from then on. Oh, that's a Christian. But you don't forgive people as you ought to. And they see you at work. Say, they say they're a Christian, but they're cursing out their boss. That's what Christians do. That's not, and, and the problem is here that we see here what? Christ is the head of the body. And the body is the church. The body is now the visible representation of Jesus. So they don't see Jesus, but they see you. And so when they see you do what you do, that is defeating who Jesus is. We are called to represent Christ, but in our lives, we represent ourselves more than we represent Christ. We will make sure that we are doing what we want to do and not doing what God has called us to do. We'll continue to walk in darkness, say that we're walking in the light. 
We will stay in the status that we have been redeemed from and not walk in the righteousness. That's why we need to walk by faith and not by sight. We need to keep our priorities in order. We need to see here that since Jesus did die on the cross for my sins, I should no longer be living in sin. I should not be living in darkness when he's brought me into his marvelous light. I should not be living in a state of a, rep- a reprobate mind when he has renewed me, hallelujah, through the power of his Holy Ghost. Uh, do I have a witness here? Now, when you put your faith in Jesus, he tells us that I'll send you the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost will tell you of the Father. And when the Holy Ghost speaks to us, it'll tell us that you've been redeemed. You've been brought by a price. That price was the blood of Jesus. We, we, st- we celebrated on Easter Sunday how they hung him high and they stretched him wide. And he hung his head and for me he died. We realized that Jesus went all the way to Calvary. And he did all of that to die. For a rest like you and me. And he rose again to defeat death. But we're going to walk in defeat. How's that? We have victory, hallelujah, through Jesus. Through Jesus, God sees us now as his holy children. Through Jesus, God sees us now, heirs to the kingdom. Through Jesus, now God no longer sees us as wretches undone, but he sees us cleaned, washed, and renewed in the blood of Jesus. In our lives, we should be motivated. To keep on walking and keep on fighting the good fight. Because we've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. In your workplace, your work, your boss, whoever may be, may get on your nerves. But you can let them know that you have no control over my life. Because Jesus created things I can see and things I don't see. So I may not see you talking about me behind my back. I may not see you trying to cut me down, but my Jesus sees you. And guess what? He is the good shepherd. He's going to protect me and provide for me. So that's my motivation to keep on going on because I know him that's in control of my life. You see how we have motivation knowing that Jesus is our inspiration. That Jesus is the center of our joy. (laughs) That we see that Jesus is that solid rock we stand on. When I'm standing on that solid rock, it doesn't matter what you throw against me. Because I know I can make it. In your life, whatever you're going through, it's not too big that God cannot handle. We think a situation so big and so awesome and so great, but yet... A great God created everything that we see and what we don't see. He created everything that you know and that you don't know. So since you don't know everything, go to the God that knows everything. And so whatever your problems are, you can go to him in prayer with confidence, knowing that God can see you through. Isn't that good news? That we serve an awesome God. That we can keep on pushing in our lives. Because of Christ, I know I can make it. Tell somebody, because of Christ, I know I can make it. Tell somebody else, because of Christ, I know I can make it. 
Isn't that good news? Good God from Zion. Because of Christ, I know I can make it. Is he all right? Is he able? Is he able? Does anybody know that God is able? Tell somebody he's able. Tell somebody he's able. I'm glad that God is able because he rose Jesus from the graves. So whatever situation you're in, it's not over. It's not over. No matter what the doctor told you, no matter what your spouse told you, no matter what your children told you, no matter what you told yourself, go to the Creator and say, you made me, so you know everything about me, so you can tell me if everything is going to be all right. My throat don't work as it used to. My eyes don't work like it used to. My knees don't bend like they used to. But God, you made me. You formed me. So I know if I could just move a little bit, it's for your glory. If I could shout just a little bit, it's for your glory. If I can see just a little bit, it's for your glory. Because I know that it's because of Jesus. And because of Jesus, I can face tomorrow. And I don't know what tomorrow may hold, but I know who holds tomorrow in his hand. I don't know what's going to come when I walk out these doors, but I'm going to walk with Jesus. And he's going to protect me, he's going to cover me, and he's going to call me his own. So my motivation in my life is living for Jesus. My motivation in my life is to keep my eye on the prize. And the prize is his calling. So we need to pray that God opens up the eyes of our hearts to know the hope of his calling for our lives so that we don't walk in darkness, but we walk in light and see we can make it. Because of Jesus. We can make it. Because of Jesus. Somebody say, I can make it. Because of Jesus. Yes, you can. Let Jesus be your motivation. So in the darkest time of our lives, Jesus can be the brightest light. And that hope. And that inspiration. To keep on pushing. Because he'll never leave us. No forsake us. Isn't that good news? Bless the Lord. Every head bowed, every eyes closed. Father, right now, if there's someone here who doesn't think they can make it, and they don't know Jesus, Father, we pray right now that they place their faith in him and realize he is creator of all things and that he has made them. And that you were made for a great purpose. And God wants to see you elevated and reach that awesome purpose in your life. So wherever you are and whatever you're going through, it's not too big that God cannot bring you through. So if that's you, if you do not know Jesus, we want to lead you in this prayer. God knows your heart. Just to repeat after me saying, dear Lord Jesus. That's right, dear Lord Jesus. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And that Jesus, you rose again from the grave on the third day. And you defeated death. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. And Jesus, I invite you to come into my heart and be my personal 
Lord and Savior. So every head bowed, every eyes closed. That's you. If you pray that prayer for the first time, raise your hand. That's you. No one's looking but me. That's you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Right now is another prayer. Father, Lord, right now we pray that we walk in your grace and in your mercy. That we allow Jesus to lead us in our daily walk of life. So that when we leave this place, this assembly, Lord, of believers, that we do not forget that Jesus is the head of our lives. And we allow him to lead us so that when people see us, they see him. Father, have your way with us. And we know we'll be living in peace and we'll be giving you glory because you're God.